0: everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of St. Mark's Cathedral conversations about race my name is Michael Pereira I'm here with Kara Peterson hey Kara what's up
1: Uh, nothing how are you how are you what am I talking about go on
0: (laughs) well I'm doing fine thank you for asking and today we are so happy to be joined by the one and only Carmen Brady we've been waiting to talk to Carmen for such a long time and she's had an incredibly busy year but Fortunately and wonderfully of hers, she has paused everything else that she has to do. And today we are going to sit down and we are going to have a wonderful conversation about how Carmen got started with St. Mark's before St. Mark's where Carmen came from and then what Carmen's time at the cathedral community has been like. So that's a really long menu. We're going to start at the beginning and say, hey, Carmen, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you
0: guys? Doing really good, thank you. And again, uh, just a little background: we've we asked Carmen. I forget when. I know it was sometime in twenty twenty one. I think but, it was a while
2: ago. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, it's it's just crazy.
1: I mean, yeah. we we've also lost our donuts too. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> it's been a long year for all of us, and then yeah. so, but we're here. And so, when we had our off the record conversation. There were so many stories about Carmen, which were just absolutely mind-blowing and fascinating that were completely new to me. I think many of them completely new to Kara as well, but we're not going to cover all of that, unfortunately. I really wish we could, but I do want to start by just asking Carmen how she got started in church life.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Um, I actually was raised in the UCC, United Church of Christ, um, Faith. And that was my mother's decision. She had actually been raised Baptist. And um, in her words, not mine, she didn't want us to be in church all day on Sunday. So <laughs> <laughs> she, she searched out some other faiths. <laughs> and um, we found a wonderful, wonderful um, church in Lawrence, Kansas, which is where we lived when I started going to church called Plymouth Congregational um, and it was, it, it, it was a really great experience for me on so many levels. It's where I was baptized. It's where I was confirmed. Um, all of my friends from school, this, this was kind of unusual. My friends from school, um, again, when you're in a community like Lawrence, Kansas, which has about, at that time, it had about 50,000 people. You still wouldn't expect your friends from school to be going to the same church that you're going to, but they were. Um, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. Uh, I was introduced to music at Plymouth as well. Um, I started in choir there and um, the, the rest of that is history because I just went from choir in church to choir in school, um, in college where I met my husband in choir, um, and of course now singing with the St. Mark's Choir um my switch to the episcopalian faith happened well actually let's put it this way i was introduced to um the episcopal faith when i (laughs) and i and i'm gonna try and do this story as short shortly as possible but it it is kind of a weird thing but when i went to boarding school for one year in delaware I went to a school called St. Andrews, and that was an Episcopal school. And we actually did chapel every morning. Um, and I, because of that, I am very familiar and have memorized much of the Book of Prayer. And <laughs> um, but I, I just was I, I loved. I loved the liturgy. I loved um, just kind of the, the, the way that the Eucharist was uh, presented and served very different from the UCC church. Um, And I, that's when I, I really thought to myself, okay, this is, I think what I want to do. But then of course, you know, when you get out of high school and go to college, church isn't always at the top of your priority list. So I didn't, really go to church again until I was an adult. I'm going to say probably about 22, 23. Um, And I found an Episcopal church in the city where I was living at the time, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, um, and enjoyed my time there and then moved to Seattle. And that was in the early 90s and started going to St. Mark's um, in the early 90s. I moved to Seattle originally because my husband who was born and raised in Bellingham, um, who again is the person that I met in school in Texas, I'm gonna introduce another state into this, sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, We went to school in Texas. Um, He actually, uh, we started dating, Freshman year, so we dated all throughout college, and we knew pretty much when we got out of college that we were pretty serious about each other. So he actually moved to Tennessee, which is where I was at the time. Wow. Um, and tried to find a job there. wasn't really able to find the kind of job that uh, he really wanted, and. Um, also just had some issues with Tennessee and some of the the (laughs) some of the uh, race relation issues in Tennessee Um, so he moved back to Seattle and I that was with the um, understanding that I was going to eventually move to Seattle too so um, that's why I moved to Seattle that's how I got to St. Mark's and the rest is history as far as that goes. I don't know if there's anything in there you want me to explain because again, I introduced a lot of states in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I think I don't
0: in the, the first, first five minutes we covered more states than we have in this <laughs> other full episode. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The,
2: the, the <laughs> Delaware one is—I'm sure that one was a real surprise because that that we didn't talk about that at all. Um, no. I my mother moved around quite a bit um, when we were younger. Um it, and she was divorced from my father, and we were with her. My sister and I lived with her. Um, she was a law professor, and she, when we were in Lawrence, Kansas, she taught at the University of Kansas Law School. Um, the year that I went to Delaware, and again, that was a boarding school. She had taken a—it's—it um, was a fellowship teaching position at Duke University for oh. a year, um, and so I used to when I quote unquote went home I used to um, go to North Carolina uh, during that year but I lived in Delaware but she she decided that she didn't want me to go to uh, school in that area of North Carolina because she had talked to a lot of people about the schools and she just thought that it would be good for me to kind of you know expand my horizons a bit and so that's why I went to uh, uh, school that one year in Delaware which by the way you guys have probably seen St. Andrews and not realized it because it's been in a number of uh, productions. It was uh, the school that was featured in Dead Poets Society. Okay. Yeah. And um, it was also used very heavily as uh, Jed Barlett's school from the West Wing. Like when he was oh. like when he was a teenager.
1: So, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. So that's okay. that's my, my claim to fame as far as St. Andrews
1: goes. Well, <laughs> you have many claims to fame, apparently. <laughs> that's what we've learned. So,
2: <laughs> well, That's
1: interesting. I, I always have to insert this little tidbit, but Duke University is actually, or Duke Chapel, I should clarify, is hmm. home to the Flentrop's basically twin sister, which is ah, also
2: okay. a that's Flentrop. Right.
1: That's yeah, right. and it has a different... Uh, case design but their their stop sounds are very similar and wow. so they're they're thought of as. but i will say when i went to the flintrop factory five years ago in zondam netherlands it was our organ they had plastered all over the place
2: oh great so, yeah.
1: yeah they just they have saint mark's they have the it like well they have lots of pictures of flintrops because they're flintrop but like right. but ours is, have our flint like yeah, well, because it, it's kind of, it's, well, I mean, we don't have to, sorry, Carmen, but it, it is one no, of their, hard. um, it's one of their, I, I guess, flagship instruments. It's, it's one that a lot of people, Our yeah.
2: Our funtrop is spectacular. It's awesome. It really
1: is. Yeah. yeah. So, so a shout out. But anyway, cool. on to, to Carmen's t- uh, state tour. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, I can add some more if you'd like.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what? Go for it. We're, we're in <laughs> this for the you'll long like.
2: haul. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's important. I mean, if we're going to talk about um, who I am as a person, it's important probably to go in a little bit of my, uh, my mother's history. My mother, uh, she went to uh, uh, law school at UCLA. So actually, we lived in LA for a while, too, when I was younger. This is before we moved to Kansas, um, which, you know, would make sense because because she moved Kansas to teach at KU, so she had to go to law school first, but um, she just talking, she again is responsible for me just moving from state to state to state to state, and I really, I, I cherish those experiences because it taught me um, a number of different things in terms of how to adapt to new situations quickly, um, how to um, make friends not having you know I mean it's just you, you, when you have to when you go to five elementary schools
0: <laughs> oh my goodness
2: you, you have to learn how to to adjust and you know try and uh, socialize a little bit better so that I mean she she really was a very big driving force behind that and she was just kind of a driving force just in general she was pretty Pretty spectacular herself. She eventually went on to the reason I ended up in Tennessee, as a matter of fact, um, is because that's where she was living when I went to college. um, Because she was the first uh, Black female dean of a law school in the South. And she was the dean of the University of Tennessee Law School at that point. So
0: that is really big.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's she, she, and actually, I, I should say pretty much all the women. Um, in my family are have been a huge influence on me and how I've uh, grown and just kind of expanded throughout life so yeah so I think Ooh. I got them all in there Kansas <laughs> Kansas, Kansas California Tennessee Texas, Tennessee, Texas. I, I think this could be a great, great
0: trivia question at some point how many states has Carmen lived <laughs> in which
2: wait, oh wait, wait points if to forgot. get them in order I forgot oh. before she took the job at University of Kansas, she taught for a year at Boston College. So oh my Massachusetts God. is in there, too. Sorry. Oh, my okay.
1: goodness. Yeah, oh. I forgot about
2: that one. Sorry. I, I That was like half of second grade for me. So that,
1: oh. that's
2: I really remember other than the fact that it was the first place I ever saw snow and the first place I ever caught the flu. I do remember that.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Boston will do that to you. God, you two have so
1: much in common. Massachusetts was also the first time Michael saw snow, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. That's <laughs> the tender age of 19. I think, oh, wow. After having moved here from the Middle East in the middle of winter. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I don't think I caught the flu, but I think I was in shock for about... <laughs> actually many years to this day i hate being cold
2: i Uh, i understand that i'm i'm kind of on that wavelength myself so yeah oh yeah i mean
0: given the states that you lived in i mean you know a new england winter it is unlike anything that we get up here
1: yeah yeah Carmen,
0: something that came up in our conversation before this was um that you've done quite a few things in your professional life before you are at the point you're at now Mm -hmm. And you actually, I mean, I did watch the YouTube video that uh, (laughs) Kara sent, and it is as ridiculous and as remarkable as (laughs) you made it out to be. I don't think we're betraying anyone's confidences by mentioning the names of- uh, It's
2: fine, yeah. All in public. Uh, i i wouldn't time. actually i i wouldn't mind giving kind of a behind the scenes look at, at what happened there because i know a lot of people were wondering just Please for everybody do. who's listening um i used to be uh as i used to say in my former life um i was a tv news reporter slash anchor and um i i have worked at several different i've worked at six newsrooms as a matter of fact uh and before i decided that i needed to really kind of get out of the business and now i'm a paralegal but we'll perhaps go into that a little bit later um but anyway one of the places where i worked we did an interview with paula abdul and the reason we did the interview was because at that time she was a judge on american idol and american idol was on our network it was on the station that we that i worked for and um (laughs) and that morning she was let's just say she was a little out of it um i i think she tried i think she came back later and explained that she had been like maybe taking some pain pills for some back pain or something along those lines i can't remember exactly what what she said was was happening there but i can tell you that the the um the way that she acted on TV, uh, basically became viral. Um, and unfortunately, I was part of that video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One of the Very patient and confused anchors.
2: Oh, man. It, it, and, and what's interesting about that whole experience, I was telling you guys this. Um, what's interesting is that we knew before she came on, we knew that it was going to be interesting and the reason that we knew is because our producer in the who's in the production booth during the show during one of the commercial breaks um, before we were supposed to talk to her said hey you guys need to be aware Um, i'm watching her give interviews to other stations across the country and something is going on here and she actually showed us a clip of it and we my the anchor I was working with at the time we both look at each other like oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, like no. okay, Well, what are we going to do and, and our producer was like well we got to do it because it's part of you know it's 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 a marketing thing we we need to do it so. We went forward we talked to her, um, it was an interesting conversation, to say the least. Uh, it actually had kind of a false start because we asked her questions and uh, she was <laughs> answering something else uh, and at the time we thought we, we wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt we we're like well maybe she's not getting our audio maybe she's hearing audio from another station so you know we went back to it but no there was there was something else up but anyway by the end of the conversation uh or after I should say the end of the conversation uh that was another situation where we went into the commercial break and my co-anchor and I looked at each other and said what in the world just happened there <laughs> what, what, what what was <laughs> that <laughs> what, what what happened there yeah but anyway if, if anybody here decides to look it up it's still on YouTube if anybody here decides to look it up just keep in mind that my my last name it's, it's my maiden name that's on the air it's uh mm-hmm. Carmen Ainsworth so wow. um but that's me
1: i'm very different
2: but that's that's me
1: well so <laughs> carmen sings in our choir now and she's met um interesting paula abdul
2: <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> carmen i'm gonna warn you you're a celebrity now people will want your autograph
2: oh no 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 i always <laughs> felt weird about that that was always so strange having people ask me for my autograph because i'm like you're asking me to sign something for you because based on my job you know i mean it would be like if yeah. if i were paralegal somebody said hey will you sign this for me you're a great paralegal <laughs> i mean <laughs> like, okay i mean i always did it because you you, you know it it, yeah. it was very flattering that's, but it, yeah, it was nice. it always felt very strange that's, yeah like i always
1: I, I deliver I, your news and that's that's
2: what i do <laughs> and i still it's interesting I, every once in a while people still recognize me when i'm out and about and even when i was in the midst of it when i was actually on the air i was always surprised when somebody who i didn't know came up to me and was like oh you're carmen Ainsworth," and i'm like yes how do you know oh wait a minute i'm on tv i (laughs) am Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird it's very weird I, I I'm not one for the spotlight um you can you, my husband will tell you that so
0: <laughs> and here you are being a guest on our podcast thank you for it's coming true. out of retirement oh absolutely yes, yes, yes. yes. For, for you guys for... anything
1: oh thank you <laughs> well I was again uh in our pre-conversation after Carmen mentioned this because i uh, like i said i I've sung in the cathedral choir with Carmen for you know, a thousand years at this point, And I realized <laughs> I knew nothing about her. And then suddenly I realized that I'd seen her on TV. I mean, again, this is like the time I found out that Sue Tate was the librarian at my library growing up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I saw Jelan Dupree give a harpsichord recital when I was like 12 before I wow. even came. To, like, I know it's just all these, this is, this is why you go, to, this is why you have to go to church, but yeah. But like, I was I, saying, I, you know,
2: these, but honestly, I'm sorry I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just want to say really quickly that it's interesting how many connections we have at St. Mark's. It really is, yeah. because every once in a while something will happen and I'll be like, this is such a weird. I mean, it's it feels like it's it's a small world, right? And and yeah. one, something that we sort of went into in our in the other conversation that we had, but we didn't really go into was the fact that um, you know, our my my child Danny seriously it started in the boys and girls choir with rebecca rebecca gilmore wonderful fantastic awesome Mm -hmm. music educator um and then maybe like three i want to say three years after i mean we had known rebecca for three years before i realized one day (laughs) she was directing choir she was filling in for michael i can't remember where michael was but she was directing the cathedral choir and she was trying to uh she was trying to describe this feeling that she had singing this one piece and she said you know when i was a child in lawrence kansas and as soon as she said lawrence kansas i turned my husband was sitting directly behind me he's a bass in the choir was sitting directly behind me and i turned around and i kind of looked at him like and i mouthed the words did I know she was from Lawrence? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I mean, we knew that we had a Kansas City connection already because, and this is also kind of a weird thing with Rebecca and our family, because we had the exact same car and we had, we both had Burgundy, Subaru, Outback Limiteds and both of them had jack miller subaru on the back of them because we bought them at the same dealer in kansas city
0: and so i (laughs) already
2: and so i knew that we had actually you know had that connection but i didn't realize that she had actually lived in lawrence and so we talked about it afterwards and she she's a lot younger than i am so we weren't there at the same time but she um we went to the same junior high we went to the same high school we were talking about teachers that we had in college
1: <laughs> <laughs> lawrence kansas is <laughs> the Niskiuna new york on that so Niskiuna new york again sorry this is full of digressions but Niskayuna, no, no, no. new york is where uh do you remember janet campbell who was the priest at saint mark's about 15 years ago that was probably right when you came back from Dallas, okay
2: okay because yes. it would have been around okay. the same time yeah.
1: but she mm-hmm. she's I think just retiring from Christchurch Tacoma now um but my dad grew up in Niskayuna. it's in upstate New York it's right outside of Albany and uh I found out that Janet went to the same high school as him 10 years before <laughs> but not only that because my dad's best friend from like his childhood uh his his best friend's son is Aaron Scott who does chaplains on the harbor Hmm. and uh all that stuff that that bishop rickle always talks about uh on easter because he usually goes down on monday thursday and then maria coldwell is also from that area
2: oh wow okay
1: it's just and then like lynn markova's grandparents are buried in the armenian section of the cemetery it's it's wild and so this is like lawrence kansas and niskayuna new york are like the the weird
2: saint marks like yeah you know honestly i'm sure that there are more connections that we just don't even know about I know. it's it's kind of fascinating it's like saint mark's oh is like gosh. a nexus
0: And somebody listening to this it's it's is gonna place. come back and say i went to lawrence or exactly oh, I was in that place. Oh, I know.
1: after i found out that you'd been a news anchor carmen i i wanted to know and i still do want to know like again like were there certain things you had to navigate as a, a black woman uh, in that field or, cause I, I know you mentioned that being sort of the front facing person when anchoring was fairly straightforward and easy, but mm-hmm. were there other things that?
2: <laughs> right, right. Well, it's interesting that you say that. Um, well, it, you know, it, I have to say, I have to say in general, as you were saying, you know, when you're the public face, of something, your experiences are a little different. Um, and so as far as that went, I didn't really have any issues, um, at, at least that I believed were you know racially uh, inappropriate or motivated or anything along those lines. Um, I can tell you that behind the scenes, it, the news business is still, I don't even know how to describe, well, it, it's rapidly evolving. I haven't been a part of it for, I think I left in 2008. So I haven't been a part of it for 12 years now. Um, so I can't tell you exactly how far it's gone, but when I was in it, um, it was still pretty much, a lot of it was kind of old school in the sense that, you know, the the serious news anchors um, from, f- the opinion of many of the news managers, the serious news anchors, were along the lines of like you know Walter Cronkite and you know Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, um, who all have something in common. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, and of course there were you know there 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 was you know Connie Chung was out there for a while, but she kind of disappeared, and then um, Barbara Walters has been there forever, and she's wonderful and a fantastic journalist. So I'm I'm gonna definitely. Um, put her in there as somebody that they also took seriously but again it was you know it, it was kind of a um, interesting what they considered to be kind of the serious journalists and mm-hmm. I, let me just tell you it's the probably the best way to kind of go about this is to to tell you a story that uh, and I have to give you a little bit of background on this and I'll try again I'll try and keep it short um, one of the newsrooms where I worked uh, we're, we're going to call the <laughs> we're going to replace names for people. We're going to call the uh, news director, Mr. E. And that's not because he had an initial of E, but because my husband actually nicknamed him empty suit. So he is Mr. E. (laughs) Um, And we had an executive producer for our show who I'm going to nickname Mr. C. Again, not one of his initials, but my husband nicknamed him and nicknamed him early on before I even realized how bad he was um cancer in the newsroom so he is mr c yeah and he was he was something else i mean he was the kind of guy who came in and immediately started to try and put walls up between people like he would lie to certain people about what other people had done Mm-hmm. and he was trying to establish all these walls between people so and, and and i don't believe that that obviously i don't think that that was necessarily race related but um what what that ended up doing was um kind of pitting the on-air people he ended up pitting the on-air people against the the producing staff and oh before goodness. that we had actually had this wonderful relationship this we were kind of a well-oiled machine and i don't know what his motivation was for doing this other than some kind of sense of power that he wanted to have over the newsroom. I think he just didn't want us to, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to speculate there, <laughs> <Fair, laughs> but, <fair. laughs> but, um, so he, he established basically this wall between the producers and the on-air staff and, uh, another one of the on-air staff, um, and I, we were, we were very concerned about it. She, um, she was a, also a, uh, a minority woman she was of chinese descent or is of chinese descent um but she we both went into mr e's office at one point and and again he's the news director he's the head of the newsroom so he's this guy's boss and we just said hey um you know we have some concerns about the show we didn't mention mr c by name or anything we just said we have some concerns about the show we would love to be able to talk to you Um, at some point, you know, more in depth about it. And he immediately said, um, he said, if this is anything, if you guys have anything bad to say about Mr. C, you should know right now that I'm I'm just not even, I'm on his side. I am not, I'm not going to listen to anything that you have to say. And so we kind of looked at each other (laughs) and we were like, okay. (laughs) And that was the end of that conversation um and what eventually happened and it it just got worse and worse and worse mr c would call us into would call the on-air people into meetings with mr e and um they would sit there and they would yell at us and tell us that we were not on board the train and that we needed to get on board the train something you know train was like a very big analogy that they used all the
1: time of course yeah (laughs)
2: um and again, not necessarily, this, this aspect was not necessarily race related, but what eventually ended up happening was things came to a head when I was called into Mr. E's office and Mr. C was there and Mr. C was talking to Mr. E about how I had I had made a flub on the air, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a huge thing. It was just that I had like stopped and then I started again. And Mr. C was talking to Mr. E about it. And he said, Well, you know, the reason that she did that is because she she won't read the script. She'll just she'll sit there and she'll try and fix it. Um, and because it was one of those situations where they gave this script like right before I was supposed to read it. And the script was wrong. It was wrong. So I oh, said, no. You know, Oh no. And so I, I and I said this. I said to Mr. E, I was like, the reason I didn't read it is because it was wrong. And if I read it the way it was. My whole theory about um, things that you know there are certain lines that I would not cross on the air. Getting stuff wrong when I knew it was wrong, I, I wouldn't do that. That just wasn't something that I was going to do. So yeah, I mean, I stopped and I was looking at it in the prompter and I was figuring out how to change it. And it took me seriously, it was like a second. And I started again and I just said it again. But anyway, he was like, Oh, she does this all the time. Oh. And so <laughs> And so we're sitting there, we're having this conversation and I'm just kind of like, okay, this is, and, and so the the Mr. E says, he goes, well, Carmen, what you need to do is you just need to read it. And I was like, well, but it's wrong. And he said, you know, sometimes it's the job of an anchor just to shut up and read. And I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> it's the job of a journalist to thank you. correct Information. Thank you. And And actually, that that was something he would have said to one of those.
2: That that was a conversation that we actually had later. I remember because because that came up again. The whole shut up and read thing came up again, and um, that was a conversation that we had later where it was like, you just you know you just need to your your job as an anchor is to just read what we put in front of you. And I said in response. If you guys just want somebody to come in and read what you put in front of them, you need to hire an you need to hire an actor.
0: You do yeah. not need
2: a journalist. You need somebody yeah. who is just going to come in and read things the way that you want them to be read. I was like, that's that's not me. And I and I actually got out of the business pretty soon after that. But but one one thing that I have to mention well, first of all, Mr. C after I left, uh, Mr. C was uh, fired. Just so you know.
1: And, <laughs> Yay, um yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> And mr e this and i had i wasn't there but um my friend who i went into and co- colleague who i went into mr e's office and we were trying to you know alert him to mr c's issues hmm. um he actually had the nerve to come up to my friend and say oh who could have known who could have yeah. known that mr c oh was?" My God. <laughs> like how, so, how could any of us have ever known who that saw this was coming so bad who yeah. saw exactly who saw this coming I just, uh, and, and just just one more story and then i, yeah, and I
1: absolutely it
2: because it's also tied to this whole this whole thing okay. um there was one day that i came in and again this was toward i think at this point i had already let them know that i wasn't going to be signing another contract that i was going to be leaving um and uh mr e had sent out a, uh, uh, it was an all newsroom email to everybody talking about this news anchor that he worked with um, at another market who was retiring and he was talking about how much he just admired this news anchor and he was just such a wonderful uh, a wonderful representative and more people could learn from him. And he said he wasn't the type of anchor who came in and just read to get a paycheck. He actually worked as a journalist and actually made changes to things in order to make sure that things were, you know, done the way that a journalist should do them. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding. <laughs> me. Wait, what
1: you might have to cut this part out, Michael. Oh my God
0: like I, I like uh, I yeah,
1: just, so I mean I this part you can put back in michael i my my thought the entire way through those stories
0: mm-hmm.
1: was that they would not have told not a word not a white male anchor, I know they would not have said that it's harder for because i'm I'm not familiar with the news podcasting world, so i'm less sure about you know a white woman right like it just they oh my goodness that's and then see this is the other thing this is one of the gauges that i've sort of come up with and it's it's only because you're a good example of it is would you go up to steve thomason and say just just read what's in front of you (laughs) you know what i mean right right would would you go up like no they only feel empowered to do that because they think that they're like better just because of the ugh. i mean because of
0: the gender because of the skin color because mm-hmm. of
1: yeah exactly like that's well i mean i for one am glad that you had journalistic integrity carmen so, yeah. thank you i'm thank you. like and i i mean i i do say that sort of in my jokingly caraway, way but i especially after these past five years
0: it's really yeah. important
1: like yeah. it's really important not just to spew things just because it sounds cool or because yeah. it's just because you're given you. the
0: copy and said read it exactly a, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah just put it in front of you and read it now just shut just, up and read
0: <laughs> yeah
1: well and then then to co- be to for him to come back and be like what about this guy who is doing exactly what you were doing but right so it, yeah great that was that he's doing it and it's just like i just oh i've had that happen to me in Musicland too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like i know i'm better at certain things than this person why do you allow them
2: to continue right <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> oh gosh yeah Yeah, that was you know it was it was more than anything it was just and and i I should say too that not all news managers were this way i mean i the news manager that i had before mr e was absolutely one of my he's actually one of my favorite people on earth he's just such a great guy and i was so disappointed um when he was replaced by he he left on his own and i was disappointed when mr e came in i was hopeful at first but it became very clear very quickly that um (laughs) well as my husband said he was an empty suit so (laughs) your husband
0: really chose really good nicknames for these people
2: he did he he, you know matt is very intuitive because he actually came up as i said he came up with these names before i realized just how bad they were and uh yeah he's it it was funny because i was talking to him as i was trying to figure out what to share (laughs) on the podcast i was talking to him and i was talking about this and and i said that to him as well i said you had that nickname before i even realized and he said you know what i didn't like that guy from the first moment that i met him i could just tell so yeah yeah, it's um it's interesting
1: yeah i mean i appreciated Matt before but now i extra appreciate matt so
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh matt's awesome he is awesome yeah yeah he's great (laughs) Mm. yes
0: no. yeah hey, Carmen something you had mentioned uh, when we spoke off the record about this is how you and your co-anchor would sometimes look at each other and just have that communication that nobody would believe us if we I mean not not that you would blow this out of the water or anything but that if mm-hmm. you tried to escalate this as you know as you did mm-hmm. nobody would take you seriously nobody would believe you and I think that's a concern that certainly a lot of people of color have when they want to say that they are, receiving very different treatment um, absolutely. in terms of yep. how they do their mm-hmm. jobs. And I would imagine certainly women of color or non-male people of color mm-hmm. have when they want to point out that their other colleagues are being given a very different form of treatment than they are.
2: Well, it's interesting that you say that about you know how we would look at each other and just kind of be like, ah, nobody would believe this, because I did actually try to go above Mr. E's head and I tried to get something done about both Mr. E and Mr. C, and I was basically told that, the, that I needed to get other people who were on air to come and talk to them about talk to that person about it um and that didn't happen unfortunately which is ultimately when i um that that's kind of when i decided that i needed to to shift gears because it was affecting my my mental and my emotional health and i just i i needed to do something a little different and it's interesting to this day people ask me you know oh do you miss do you miss tv news and before they even get the question out of their mouth i'm like no (laughs) no i'm like no (laughs) no i don't i no. mean there were some great people I, I had some great bosses in there and i had some bosses that were just as bad as mr e and mr c there was another newsroom that i can refer to um where actually i can't remember matt's nicknames for those people but it was it was along the same lines mm. <laughs> he's good with the nicknames
0: <laughs> it, it, it's funny how not being supported when you've got legitimate trouble like this legitimate concerns it's funny how not being supported in that can really sour your enthusiasm for something that you loved doing
2: yeah yeah no absolutely it, it it was it went from and i even told mr c this at one point um i said this went from being the best job that i ever had to being the absolute worst job that i've ever had um I, I told him that just because we were, we were t- speaking pretty frankly with each other. Um, again, I think this was after I decided that I was just going to, no, I, I had not decided to leave at this point. That's right. I remember when this came up, this was a whole other conversation. I don't want to go into just, you know, how yeah. bad this job was.
1: No, no. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we I,
2: I won't, I won't do that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a dream job and even though the hours were crazy and um, there were certain demands from the job outside of the job in terms of, you know, like public appearances and stuff like that. And I, again, I'm not a spotlight person. It was still one of the best jobs that I'd ever had. And then it just turned into this nightmare. So, yeah, but you know, Uh, I mean, I I don't think that's unique to TV news though. I think, I mean, I think a lot of people have gone through that and other, careers as well. So I think it's just a matter of finding the right career for you. Um yeah. eventually, eventually I found it. Still took a, took a couple more jobs before I got here. <laughs> I do want to say, Carmen, thank
0: you so much for sharing that. I know it could not have been easy to relive some of those memories and some of those experiences, yeah. but we are very, very appreciative that you have been able to put it in such stark terms. This is what happens when who you are as a person, who loves what they do, is not respected, is looked over, is talked over, is talked down to, mm-hmm. compared to the treatment that some of your other colleagues would have received. So, as difficult as that was to go over, thank you for sharing that.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could share it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's in the past. As I said in my former life, I, I say in my former lifetime, I was a TV news anchor. <laughs> So there were some really great things too. There were some really good things, like when I got to fly with the Blue Angels. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And of course, you Mm -hmm. interviewed Paulo Abdul. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Did I interview Paulo Abdul? Abdul. Yeah. Uh, Not be forgotten anytime (laughs) soon.
2: I I met David. I interviewed David Duchovny, and uh, yeah, got to interview him and met him in person. That was nice. I loved the X Files, and so I was just kind of (laughs) dreaming, like starry-eyed person. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh that's amazing
2: yeah
1: well tell us a little i know that let's see well obviously you're in choir with me mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. recently you've been elected to the vestry yes. and i know that you're singing the even song choir right Oh uh, mm-hmm. the yes so yep. many other things and how are those um, i mean i know that's weird
2: question but how are those (laughs) that's no absolutely it's 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 been wonderful um all of all of my experiences at saint mark's have been wonderful it's been great to uh it's it's been great to be a part of so many different things the 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 choir um honestly i have to say that and, and I feel bad because I know that not everybody had this experience, but like last year when everything was going on, I was still able, I was still so fortunate and I feel so blessed to have been asked to participate in some of the quartets. And yeah. that actually helped me kind of keep my sanity um, a little bit last year. So I was so grateful for that. Um, and I'm, and I'm so grateful that we are now all back together because I totally missed all of us being yeah. around each other and ta- not, not just the singing, although the singing, I think there there's nothing quite oh, like yeah. when the choir, and I'm talking about the cathedral choir and also the even choir. There's nothing quite like when you're all just kind of in sync and you know, you have these beautiful harmonies around you and it's just, it's just wonderful to be back to that. Um, I know that we're still, you know, we're still, distanced and masked and everything but just just being able to kind of participate in that and that that's wonderful and i'm so glad that we're back to that um vestry has been awesome as well um i i have met so many wonderful people and i've had an opportunity to um just kind of get to know some of the inner workings of saint mark's and i i have to say that i had no idea i mean in a good way I, I'm not saying oh my gosh.
0: No, <laughs> no <laughs> governance. Oh,
2: governance. What happened? No, no, that's well, not Well, I mean, a, you're
1: talking I, to two Vestry
2: alum here. So. <laughs> and a I'm former similar. junior
0: warden, too. Yes.
2: Ah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so You guys know. You know what it's like. So that's that's yes, also yes. been, I, I feel blessed as far as that goes, too. Very. And um, I, I do find it a bit ironic that my mother, you know, one of the reasons that she didn't want to go to the Baptist church is because she, she didn't want us to have to spend all day at church but now that's what we do I yeah.
1: <laughs> like, well i suppose it's not all day and like in the service i mean it's, everything yes. is service but True. not like that's because i oh i've i've also done those marathons and oh yeah and now i'm at home
0: <laughs> 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 must be nice yeah. it is yeah
1: <laughs> i put in my time already no 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 Thing for the cathedral i'm oh i'm really glad that and actually i should mention this too because um in well in in real time in our time when we're recording this a week ago the music representation episode was released and in it i mentioned that uh, at o Antiphons in 2021 this year uh, we The Cathedral Choir is going to sing an anthem that was commissioned and Carmen was also uh, on that little committee with me and Greg Block and uh, Michael Kleinschmidt to search and figure out what kind of things we wanted for that and uh, who we were planning to reach out to and, um, and all that sort of thing and so yes Carmen was involved with that as well. And, I'm
2: that was cool. a great experience too. I really enjoyed wow. looking into all of those uh, BIPOC composers because I I just had no yeah. idea that there were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That was that was awesome. And I think yeah. the piece that we have and we we practiced it for the first time this week. I'm I think excited. it's going to be. Yeah, it's. I'm it's gonna excited. Be outstanding.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm really looking
2: forward to it.
1: Yeah. So, and this, yeah. oh man, and she's. I think. I mean. Like, knock, knock on wood, like, pray to the, the COVID gods, but I, I think the plan was for her to fly up here uh, mm. from Pasadena for that weekend to work with the choir and then be in attendance at o Antiphons And so that'll...
2: That be, would be oh, fantastic. Yeah. So
1: exciting to, you know, again, have an anthem program, um, but have it be sort of a reparations anthem program, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just be like, okay, we're gonna... We're going to ask another young white guy to write an anthem for us because he, like, went to St. John the Divine once, okay, like, you know, we know that that kind of commission searching is not going to fly anymore. Since you've started coming back to St. Mark's after the murder of George Floyd last year, Carmen, um, have you noticed a a change in behavior with the way that, like, you know what I mean? Have people been like, oh, I'd better be nicer to you because you're black or, you know, or not necessarily said that out loud, but like, mm-hmm. have you noticed any, or like have people like just approached and started having conversations in a different way or?
2: I don't think that we've had conversations set in a different way necessarily. Um I, I do have to say uh, for the most part, I, I have to say St. Mark's is pretty, my experiences at St. Mark's have been pretty, uh, pretty great, um, and it, even along uh, race lines, I think it, it's it's been yeah. it's been wonderful because we we just have we we have a very special community. I think um, I I will say that um, there there's one experience that i can think of well actually let me put it this way it's happened a few times but it's always been kind of with the same person um and i and i i really like this person i think this person is a nice person um but for whatever reason um they feel that when they approach me like one of the first things that they need to talk to me about is something that has to do with a subject um that obviously they've they feel is big among the black community which i'm not going to say that that's a horrible way to approach somebody but when it happens repeatedly it's it's kind of like you know this might it, it might be a little too much focusing on um race and not necessarily on the person um and i think that that's something that some people need to to understand um but again i mean that's that's one person and it again, I, I like the person, the person's not, I don't think this, this is a bad person or anything. I think this is just somebody who is trying to find a way to connect, which, again, I appreciate, but um, that's not necessarily, that, that's, that, it feels sometimes like an awkward way to do it. <laughs> let's just, let's just say that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think that our, our community, we, we have a pretty good community at St. Mark's. Um, yeah. Um,
1: one of the reasons that Michael and I
2: embarked on
1: this particular project is because we feel the same way. Um, We wouldn't bother to put a lot of all of the emotional uh, work that goes into telling stories and asking people to relive some of their institutional trauma if we didn't think that uh, the community at St. Mark's would be able to do something really tangible and good with that. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. And then Michael.
0: (laughs) Well, when um, so it it transpired that the person who Carmen had those interactions with also had an interaction with me, um, which is notable because I don't really know that person. Uh, We barely, if ever, had any real conversations or any even casual conversations. But I do remember there was one Sunday at St. Mark's, I think it was before a service started, when uh, this person walked by me. And usually we would just smile and nod, hey, how are you? Good morning, whatever, stuff like that. And I don't know how or why, but on this particular Sunday, the person walked by me, smiled, nodded, and said, namaste. Which was a real smile and nod moment, but for very different reasons. Primarily, I'm not Indian. Uh, secondarily, I'm not Hindu. And tertiarily, we weren't in a temple. We were in church, and they know I'm a member of St. Mark's. To greet me by saying namaste would be like me saying i was born in dubai and then the other person going oh salam alaikum just, do you think you're being helpful you're not mm-hmm. but you cannot say that so you smile and nod smile <laughs> and nod that,
2: that's the yeah. key. oh my god yeah smile yeah. and nod yeah
0: uh-huh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that's totally the unspoken language that so many of us who have experienced that have had I mean, mm-hmm. We're, it's, we're not always going to be in a position where we can tell somebody, just take them to the side and say, uh, can we talk about the thing you just said? We're, we don't always have that luxury, so we have to smile and nod because mm-hmm. we have, I mean, we're human. We're not going to call out every injustice every single time it happens
2: yeah and there's sometimes that you're just you're just tired you know it's just like ugh. yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like explaining my experience
1: to you right now i hope you understand yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can just be 10 minutes of us going yeah i mean <laughs> <just, laughs>
2: you know i mean how many conversations <laughs> do you have with other people where you're just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't really think of anything to say because i mean there's not really much you can say No,
1: yeah. but again <laughs> yes as, as we've said this person's definitely not bad they're right wonderful and they're a valued member of the community and uh we're only singling them out in particular because it just so happened to be a coincidence that they approached michael and carmen in similar way but mm-hmm. um i guess Maybe the lesson to be gleaned from that is if you don't know, um, don't say anything and maybe Google it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Or, or um, you know, as, as my going back to my wonderful husband, Matt, his thing yes. is what I should have said was nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, that's um, oh, man. Or the waiter on Wednesday, Michael. Oh, my oh, God. God. Yeah. Oh. After. Oh, you told a story. It's hysterical. <laughs> so, uh,
0: so this was right after Kara, Carmen and I had our off the record chat to set up this conversation that we're having right now. And in fact, that was the reason I had to leave exactly at the hour is because I had made plans to meet a friend of mine uh, at a bar pretty close to where I live. So I get to the bar and I had to, um, I'll I'll give a little bit of a description here. The bar is attached to an Indian restaurant, which is very close to where I live. Again, as I said, I'm not Indian. I don't speak Hindi or any Indian dialect. But literally, within a second of me sitting down next to my friend, a waiter comes up and asks me a question in Hindi. (laughs) For a reason that's obvious, and yet so so tragically could not be more off the mark. And I was so flustered and caught off guard that I assume the waiter said, hi, would you like something to drink? But I was so flustered and caught off guard, I just mumbled something that ended with no, and so he left, even though the reason I was there was to have a drink with a friend of mine. And eventually we did flag the waiter down again. And eventually I did somehow place my order I mean in English think, or in Hindi. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> I, I honestly think the way I, it, it was I think by that point the waiter knew, okay, this guy's an idiot, so I better talk to him in English. And so, <laughs> so I did finally get a glass of wine, which is actually really nice. <laughs> and which I really needed by that point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: but,
1: that's so bizarre. I just every day I think. That. Yeah, you know, it's, it's
2: interesting that you that you mentioned that because i've actually had this has happened to me more than once and i and i feel bad that i don't know exactly what language they were talking to me in but i think they were trying to talk to me in either somali or uh ethiopian um i've had a couple of people do that to me before so yeah i, I, oh, goodness. I it's interesting though the the assumptions that people make isn't it so yeah, yeah. on yeah. either
0: side and Carmen, you mentioned the point about the assumptions people make and something that had come up in our conversation before this was the assumptions people make about you and Matt. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, because we are in an interracial couple. Um, and it's interesting, I actually just read something recently about how back when Matt and I got married, which was Wow, this is this is really going to show our age. Um, we got married in uh, 1993, um, so uh, back then, fewer than half of Americans uh, accepted interracial marriage as uh, just as something that could happen. <laughs> they just didn't like it; they were not for it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. That that number's has changed significantly since then, but. Um, Yeah, I mean, throughout our entire relationship, there have been instances where, uh, you know, we'll go into restaurants and people ask us if we need separate checks or- um, But you're sitting
0: right next to each other.
2: (laughs) We're sitting at a table for two. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah- There's a candle and
1: roses. (laughs) (laughs) There there were times- Holding hands. yeah i know yeah with the rings on your fingers like
2: like come on <laughs> so are um, you two together yeah exactly along <laughs> those yeah. same lines i mean there were times when we were younger and and i like to say when i was hotter when uh, guys would come up and try and hit on me and matt was like sitting right there oh my, right. <laughs> sitting right there <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs>
1: It's like uh, no. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm not I am buy you a drink. Uh,
2: no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you buy like the whole table with the two of us, sure, but well, yeah, if you otherwise want to buy us not. Both to drinks. That'd be yeah, awesome. That'd Thank be you. Great. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, that's that is interesting because I yeah. guess um my. I mean, not to. Make it about me, but it's always a little bit about me. But I, because oh, I was thinking, because my, <laughs> my parents are like my dad's white and my mom is, mm-hmm. is Japanese American, and they were married about 10 years earlier, you and Matt, in the early 80s. And I, I guess it, they didn't get the same kinds of things, but they did get stuff like, you know, does this child belong to you? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and like, I, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect that my mom being Asian or East Asian, I should say, was probably a little easier for people to swallow just because like of the the kind of demure stereotype than a white guy marrying a black woman. Like, but that's, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's, that's my observation
2: yeah 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 with danny we didn't really have that i'm trying to think of there were there were what was interesting about um danny was that when when people did ask about race for danny they would usually ask um in terms of who in terms of what their own culture was and what i mean by that is i remember a woman coming up to me once and saying oh does, does he have, is he part Thai? And she was Thai, mm. And, and I, we had a lot of that um, from other cultures of people who were trying to claim him as one of their, own, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, that was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure where that came from. That was kind of a, it, honestly, to me, what that said was um, when you have a blending of cultures um, it, it it kind of creates it maybe maybe on a certain level with some people at least not all people obviously it it kind of creates this oh um i can't tell exactly what what you are but you're somebody that i can identify with and i don't know Hmm. i don't know um i'm not sure where i'm going with this but anyway it, it was it was always kind of an interesting thing to me when somebody would try and claim it was one of their own uh cultures and it's what's even more interesting is that with our dna testing you know the dna tests that we have today um what we've determined and uh, uh danny now uh <laughs> can say well actually i'm more swedish than anything else <laughs> <laughs> fantastic if people ever ask him what he is like well i'd seem to be more swedish than uh...
0: (laughs) you know we talked about this and i think it was the microaggressions episode the way people will come up to folks of color and go so what are you and then for him to go yep Yep.
1: pretty swedish i love that yeah like more and more people are mixed now and so you can't just be like okay well you know they're like he, he's completely swedish or you know, <laughs> whatever right and you know that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. oh man i mean i guess i looked at well first of all i thought danny was i thought you had more than one kid for a while and i don't know why but
2: <laughs> but i I, looked, I think i probably know why because there's another child at saint mark's who danny seriously they both try to tell people that they are related to each other so that might, be it. <laughs> that might have been it yeah
1: i don't know that i ever saw it like or yeah. like asked them about it but yeah that okay that that, that well, might be
2: it yeah they, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a kind of a joke between them because i think both of them have been approached in a number of situations and people have assumed that they were siblings oh. but they're... i
1: definitely support those kinds of jokes <laughs> 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 I,
2: I definitely support that
1: well, Carmen, i've speaking
0: con- speaking selfishly for myself i'm really glad that when you and i see each other at the cathedral anymore we're not going to have to talk about scheduling this we've got it it's done it's True. happened
2: yes yeah. <laughs> i just felt so bad cuz i didn't want you to think that i was no. blowing you off i just had so no, many no, things no, going no. on and it of was of yeah. hard to, yeah. to get everything juggled
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, well it's, then... it's been crazy but yeah. like i said we just so very much appreciate you taking the time to do this and even as certain parts of this were not comfortable to talk through the importance of those experiences that people need to know and people need to hear about. I'm really grateful to you for being willing to walk through that and to share that with us.
2: Oh yeah. absolutely it's it I I really enjoyed the conversation and I appreciate you both um, wanting to hear my experiences. I, I feel I feel thank somewhat honored. You. So
0: Carmen yeah. well, thank you for Thank so you. much for sharing this um, your amazing story and your yes. incredible perspectives on the things you've experienced which have been difficult but which have also been so positive in finding a community at St. Mark's we're so glad that you are a part of us as um, yes. as a vestry person as a choir member as somebody who's just part of our family and we're so grateful to you for being part of this podcast now and for adding your voice to this conversation that we're having so mm-hmm. many many thanks
2: Oh, thank you. The honor is mine.